This is K.M. Wyland, and you're listening to the 339th episode of the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast. Now that my historical superhero work in progress, Wayfarer, is safely in the hands of my critique partners for the next couple of months, I'm starting to shift focus to my next project, the long-awaited sequel to my portal fantasy, Dreamlander. I intended Dreamlander as a standalone, but my imagination kept returning to the characters, wondering what happened to them after the story. Of course, if you've read the book, you know I wrote myself into a bit of a fix in preventing the protagonist from returning to the main story setting, the fantasy world of Leo. But last year, I had a brainwave for a new story that gets Chris back to the action and his princess in Lael. So the working title is Dreambreaker, and I am bursting with ideas. I'll probably take a few weeks off this month and then dive into the outline. I can't wait. The latest post on my blog is how to harness the dark side of your impact character. The impact character helps create your protagonist's character arc, and usually in a positive way. But now you can discover the power a negative impact character can offer. Visit my site at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com to learn how. And now I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast entitled Four Important Considerations in Planning Your Story or what every author can learn from The Phantom Menace. There are great mysteries in this life. Who shot JFK? How were the pyramids built? And what happened to George Lucas? I admit it, I waste way too much of my life puzzling over this conundrum of George Lucas. There's a lot to think about when it comes to the man. He was brilliant, he was beloved, he was a visionary writer and director. And then 1999 arrived. And Hurricane Annie hit. And George became one other thing, a cautionary tale to storytellers everywhere. Now, I was 13 when episode one, The Phantom Menace, came out. Too young to fully appreciate how egregious it was. But I remember the night my parents, longtime Star Wars fans, came home from seeing it in its opening week. My mom's expression was full of of disappointment as she shook her head and tactfully said it wasn't very good. My dad had mimicked Jabba's good example and fallen asleep during the pod race. For better or worse, these days I do appreciate how bad episodes one through three are, to the point that every time I watch so much as a clip from Phantom Menace, I'm inspired to do a master class on how not to write plot, characters, and dialogue. The problem with that, other than copyright issues, is that I'd actually have to sit through all 136 excruciating minutes of it. I am enduringly, almost compulsively, fascinated by the question of what went wrong. How does a brilliant and visionary director go from creating arguably, and you can put an in in front of that for my money, the most significant and beloved movie ever, to creating what I would generously call what you'd get if you gave the high school art department a budget of 115 mil. I may not be able to sit through a viewing of the original trilogy, but recently I did watch the extensive behind-the-scenes featurettes for Phantom Menace. My chief reaction is actually one of deep compassion for George Lucas. He's so happy in those featurettes, so full of hope for sharing his new stories, so excited to be returning to his beloved galaxy. And his audience, quite reasonably, but still sadly, threw it back at him like a toddler who got socks for Christmas. 
As an artist myself, I know how much that hurts. George Lucas didn't intend to create something as awful as he did. He didn't want to disappoint fans. He wanted to please us, wanted to give us more of the delights of the original trilogy. When it all went wrong and people not only hated his movies, but started hating him, that had to be insanely rough. That's what my compassion says about George Lucas. My story sense, however, is a little more logical. My story sense says there are four concrete reasons why George's idealistic vision for his new movies got in his way, destroyed his credibility as a storyteller, and landed him and all his fans in this great big mess. Fortunately, we as writers can learn from his mistakes to avoid ending up in the same stew. Turns out every major problem in The Phantom Menace and its sequels could have been avoided by applying a little judicious foresight in planning the story. So let's take a look at the four things you absolutely must consider in planning your story in order to avoid poor George's fate. Planning your story step one. Understand your audience. Writing is a delicate balance. You should be writing first and foremost according to your own vision for your work. But at the same time, if you want to be successful commercially, you have to at least be aware of your audience and their expectations and desires for your work. George forgot that his primary audience was his cadre of raving fans from 20 years ago. He failed to write his prequels for those fans now in their 40s. Instead, perhaps inspired by his own young family, he wrote a story for children. Gone were the adult characters dealing with complex adult problems. Instead, he gave us an impossibly innocent eight-year-old boy. Gone was the snarky, ironic, grown-up humor of Han Solo. In its place, he gave us the bumbling, juvenile slapstick of Jar Jar Binks. None of these things were what the original audience loved so fanatically. None of these things were what they wanted. The inevitable result was that disappointed look on my mother's face. Now, whatever your opinions of the recent George-less Star Wars installment, The Force Awakens, you at least have to recognize that J.J. Abrams and crew deliberately did what George didn't. They went back to the source material and gathered up every single element that they knew the audience loved and appreciated. You must be aware of the audience you're writing for. Christian audiences won't appreciate crude language. Military thriller audiences don't want long, mushy romantic subplots. Adult audiences don't want to be treated like children. Audience awareness is especially important when you're writing a sequel. Readers fell in love with your first book, and not only do they want more of the same, but they have their own ideas for how the story should progress. If those ideas are violated too violently, they will reject your vision in place of their own. Now, this isn't to say you should ever sacrifice your own vision, but at the least, you need to consider how that vision is going to affect and be received by your readers. Planning your story step two, understand your source material. It's an interesting irony that sometimes a story's fans end up understanding the story better than the creator. I've written before about how you want your readers to essentially become your co-writer in the sense that they start filling in blanks with their imaginations. You want them to make the story their own. Ideally, this means they're going to obsess about it as much, probably even more, than you do. That's a good thing, but it also makes your job of understanding your own story even more important. 
An objective comparison of the original Star Wars trilogy and the prequel trilogy reveals a shocking number of discrepancies. Fans have to work overtime to make the prequel story of Anakin Skywalker fit with the facts we were told in the original trilogy. For example, Obi-Wan's whole, I thought that I could instruct Anakin just as well as Yoda, I was wrong, doesn't jive at all with his reluctance to accept Qui-Gon's dying wish that he trained the boy. And never mind the fact that the two trilogies look like they're happening in completely different galaxies, or that Darth Vader literally had a personality transplant. If you can think back to the old days, before you saw the prequels, then you no doubt had a very different sense for what Luke and Darth Vader's backstory must be. We can only conclude that George either A. didn't understand his original trilogy as well as the rabid fans who studied it inside out, or B. he didn't care about the inconsistencies he was blithely creating. Whatever the cause, the prequel suffered greatly from the general incoherence. You must understand your story. This goes doubly for books within a series where you must concentrate on creating consistent arcs and details, but it applies even to standalone books. Before you start writing your book, you should understand the causal motivations in the story's beginning that will create its ending. Subtext, the space between the lines in your story, is one of your most powerful weapons, but it only works if you wield it with knowledge. It's not enough to create blank spaces in your story. You have to understand exactly what's in those blanks, even if you never blatantly show readers. Planning your story step three. Understand your thematic arc. In so many ways, theme is story. This is the point of your story. As plot whisperer Martha Alderson said in the October 2004 issue of Writer's Digest, the theme is the why. It's your reason for writing the story. And if you don't understand this about your story, then you don't understand your story. Honestly, I think if George had gotten this one right, I would have forgiven him all the other major bloopers. But he didn't. The prequels are the story of the fall of Darth Vader. On a purely thematic level, the arc is impressive, moving, tragic. It had the potential to be powerful stuff. What it's not is the righteous hero's journey of Luke Skywalker. It's still a story with the potential to be every bit as influential and memorable, but it is a story of darkness. As such, to tap the power of truth at its core, it needed to be presented in a way that fearlessly maximized that darkness so that the light of Luke's story could shine all the brighter. To my eternal sorrow, that is not what George gave us. He gave us a story about innocent children, whiny teenagers, young love, idealistic politics, cool action, gorgeous special effects, weak character motivations, and weaker humor. I keep imagining what an actor like Tom Hardy or Christian Bale could have done with the role of Anakin Skywalker. The inner darkness that could have been tapped, the wrenching pain of fallen humanity that could have been shared, the subtlety of tortured expression that could have been shown. Instead, we get a fractured story arc that tries to be light, happy, and fun for the first three quarters before taking an abrupt and inconsistent turn into unconvincing personal corruption. It's a powerful story wasted, and that is the saddest thing of all about Anakin Skywalker's fall from grace. So ask yourself right now, what kind of story are you telling? What is your character's arc? 
Where does he find himself at the end of the story? What is the fundamental thematic truth your story is positing? Whether you're writing a tragic corruption arc or a fun love story, you need to be aware of that decision in every word you write. Now, this doesn't mean dark stories can't have moments of humor and happy stories can't have moments of darkness, but it does mean every single piece of the story must be chosen to support the overall thematic arc. Whatever subject you've chosen, tell it fearlessly. If you're writing a dark story, you must be willing to embrace the darkness, not laugh your way around the corners. Whatever truth is at your theme's heart, you must willingly explore its depths. If you don't know your theme, then you won't understand how to construct a plot and character arc that will support it. And by the same token, if you don't know how to find your theme, you can start by looking right there at the intersection of your plot and your characters. Planning your story step number four. Understand how to execute your story with finesse. Once you have finished planning your story with the previous three big picture elements in mind, you then have to focus on actually executing them within the nitty-gritty page-by-page prose of your story. Understanding your story's audience, intent, and theme will give you the foundation for something great. But readers won't care unless you give them a minute-by-minute experience that masterfully unfolds the story before their imaginations. This is the one that really puzzles me. George goes from being a great filmmaker in the original trilogy to making one of the shoddiest films I've ever seen come out of Hollywood. I won't even get into the film-specific aspects, such as the mind-numbing editing, but I'd be remiss not to mention the flat, on-the-nose dialogue in every single scene, or the character motivations that span the gamut from non-existent to just plain stupid, or as Aaron McCausland astutely pointed out in his Story Structure Database submission on my site, for Attack of the Clones, Anakin's story becomes a subplot for the entirety of the first two movies. So the lesson to be learned here is that even being a genius doesn't give you a free pass when it comes to the basics of good storytelling. If George Lucas can't get away with it, you and I surely can't. So how can you get it right? You're already on the right track. You're listening to this podcast, which means you're committed to studying the craft and improving your skill in understanding and applying the fundamental tenets of the craft. Story structure, character arcs, theme, dialogue, pacing, narrative voice. And in order to create a story that affects readers to the utmost of its ability, you must be executing all of these vital techniques with subtlety, deafness, and finesse. Some of that takes practice, but largely it's all a matter of understanding how they work and being aware of how you're applying them on every page of your book. For me, George Lucas remains an inspiration. I learn from what he did so, so right in the original trilogy, just as I learn from what he did wrong in The Phantom Menace and the other prequels. Beyond that, he continually inspires me to remain vigilant in never resting on my past successes, never believing that just because I wrote one good story, I will automatically and effortlessly write another one. So may he inspire you as well in using these four all-important steps as a foundation in planning your story so you can keep your vision for your story firmly aligned 
with its best interests. Thank you for listening to the Wordplay Podcast. To read a transcript of this episode, you can visit my website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. And be sure to check back again next week.